What is good, everybody? We are finally back with episode five of Red Hot Takes. I am your host, Tyler Jacobs Meyer. Always sitting with me, Jared North. Jared, feels good to be back. It's about time. It's yeah. taken a while. It has taken a while. We've been very busy, but summer is out and we are ready to start putting out at least two podcasts a week. I know I think I've said that on every podcast and we have yet to put out two podcasts in a week, but it is going to happen this week. We're going to have another one coming out either Wednesday or Thursday. Um, but let's just get right into this. We got a whole bunch to talk about. We're going to brief over every single sport. We got MLB, NHL, NBA, and we're going to talk the NFL draft because it has been that long since we've been on. They did the NFL draft. Uh, we're going to give our division updates here real fast. North, how about you start us off? All right. So in the AL East, I took the Rays. They're in second right now. Uh, they're starting to hit their stride, looking better. Um, I've hit a couple of their money lines recently, um, a couple run lines, but it's about time they're getting going. Um, I know you took the Blue Jays. Yeah, I have the Blue Jays. They're now four and a half games back. We were about to do this podcast on Monday. At that point, they're only one and a half games back. Felt a lot better about it. Um, was not expecting the Red Sox to be this good again this year. Or the Rays to be this good again after they lost uh, Blake Snell. So like with those three teams, with Tor- or Boston, Tampa, and the Yankees all being as good as they are, I don't really think Toronto's going to probably win that division th- this year. Um, but that's all right. That was probably my biggest like flyer. So I don't. I'm not too worried about losing yeah. the Blue Jays. A little value there too. Yeah, yeah. There was a good amount of value. I think I had them like plus three hundred or something. I mean, I wish I had the Red Sox. They were like the fourth highest odds in the division. So and they I just think, raked the shit out of the ball. Yeah, I know they're kind of back. Um, let's move to the AL Central. I we both took the White Sox. They got a one and a half game lead right now. I mean, they're riddled with injuries, but they're still winning ball games. So I'm feeling really good about that. That whole division's pretty bad this year. The Indians aren't great. The Twins are fucking terrible. Um, the Twins are washed. Yeah, they're washed. The Twins are bad. The Royals, they're nothing, and the Tigers, they're absolutely nothing. Uh, so I think the White Sox are probably going to walk away with that one, especially probably after July. Um, they'll get all their players back, and they're probably going to start, I would say, they'll win by like 10 to 15 games in that division this year. I think they'll probably win it pretty handily. Yep, I think they're just going to take a week or two of like going on maybe like a seven-game win streak, then maybe like another seven or eight-game win streak, it'll be over. Yeah, um, let's move to the AL West. Uh, I took Houston. They're Right now they're one and a half games back. The last time we did a podcast – uh, I said to take the A's. They're about to. They, I think they were two and seven at the time, or maybe even zero oh and seven. I was like, they're probably going to go on a run that night. They started their thirteen game win streak. With that being said, uh, Houston's only one and a half games back right now, and so I, I, I think they'll probably win that division. The A's are going to make the wild card, but I think Houston, their talent's going to end up taking that division over. Yeah. Well, I took the Angels. Yeah, that's a bad one. That's probably like my Toronto one. That's probably the worst pick I could have made. Yeah. Um, they're in last place. They have absolutely no pitching. Every time I look at their scores, they're down like three, four, five, I'm, nothing already. I mean, they got what? Probably two of like the guaranteed top 10 players right now, two top five players, you'd probably say. I mean, I mean, Trout, Acuna. But like, I mean, you go after that. Like, how many people do you put in front of Otani right now? Like, I don't, I don't know. His dual, his dual usage makes him so much more valuable than most people. I don't know. I think it's a shame that they're going to ruin Trout and Otani like they are right I now. I know. It's, they're just going to die out there on, what no televised games no one cares about the angels they're never in the playoffs it's kind of sad it is it's really sad (laughs) like like i think i could say i've watched mike trout less than 10 times and every time i've ever watched him it's because i'm watching an a's game not because i'm trying to watch mike trout and like it's available i'm just watching the a's i will tell you that the worst when you bet against the angels and then Trout has like a four for four game yeah and now now tani too so like between the two of them they really can kill some yeah their lineup is nuts so like you i mean you could have a bad day and they score 15 runs on you but 
I mean, you're almost guaranteed to see them let up at least five runs a game right now. I think they yeah. only have, they're only one of three teams in the MLB to have a plus five ERA, and I know one of them is the Rockies, which is a little bit given. Yeah, but I I don't know the other one, but I'm sure they're really bad. Um, let's move on. Uh, AL East. I don't think you took anybody in the AL East. I have Atlanta. They have been struggling all season, but I think they're starting to catch their stride a little bit. Only one and a half games back right now. Uh, I think they're going to end up taking that lead. The Mets seem to mess up every night or find a way to mess up every day. And the Phillies are just really inconsistent. So I think I think Atlanta's going to look pretty well in that I, series. I think, Atlanta, that division. I think Atlanta is kind of like the White Sox right now. Yeah. Like they're a little injured. They're, yeah, they have a lot of injuries with their pitching staff right now. Once they get that figured out um, – I mean, they got a pretty decent pitching staff once everyone's healthy. That's what I think so too. I think they're. I think they might run away with that division because the Phillies are okay, and the Mets. The Mets the might, Met- are, will probably stick around a little bit. I think they're going to be scrappy all year. They got a really good uh, pitching rotation too right now, and they're they're a little bit better hitting. As long as Lindor might uh, hit a little better, they might be in a better shape. Well, as long as Degrom's not on the mound, they'll hit the ball. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, do you see Degrom absolutely fucked up the single A Cardinals a couple of days ago? Yeah. It was bad. Yeah, he went out there and just absolutely shit on him. Uh, let's move on. NL Central, you know me and North got that bet, 100 for 300. Uh, Milwaukee's not looking too great. They've really gone on a skid here. They've lost like nine of their last ten or something like that. Finally picked up a win yesterday. Look like they're going to pick up a win today. Um, but, I mean, Yelich is back, so I guess that's good. They just got Willie Adamas, too. Yeah, they did just get Willie Adamas. I forgot about that. That's huge. Um, I mean, there's a lot of time left in the season. Four games isn't too bad, especially if the Cubs win tonight. There will only be three games back. So, um, and I mean, the Cubs are doing a little bit better than anyone thought this year. Now they still might trade Chris Bryant and like kind of unload the team a little bit, and that'll probably mess up their record. But if they do decide to keep him, they could be a little scrappy because he's looking really good this year. Uh, Javier Baez is actually looking really good again this year. Um, so I think the Cubs might stick around and be a little scrappy as long as they don't trade everybody off. Yeah, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident with the Cardinals right now. I think we haven't really even hit the stride yet that we're going to. The rotation's still a little injured. Um, I think we're going to make one or two moves before the deadline to get a little stronger in some spots we're weak at. Um, I really like my pick so far. I think the Brewers are going to catch their stride. They do have the best rotation in the NL Central. I mean, that series when they played the Cardinals, Peralta, and then um, you had Burns, yeah, Corbin and then Woodruff, and, yeah. and those three, I mean, you're lucky to get two or three runs a game with them. Yeah, I mean, their bullpen has struggled a little bit here and there, but, I mean, they still got Hayter and Devin Williams both in the bullpen. I mean, they're they're a really good pitching staff. They just they have not been able to hit the ball, so getting Adamas, that's going to help a lot, and getting Yelich back always helps. Yep, I, I, I think that it's going to be a two-team race. It's going to be really interesting going down into September. Yeah, um, you know, it's still really early, like I said, but this is probably my favorite pick. I loved it when I took it. Uh, the Padres, they got a one-game lead in that division right now. They look just as good as the Dodgers. They, I think, I mean, the Dodgers, they probably want to win the division, but they, like I said, they won the World Series last year, so they're just trying to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to stress out trying to win the division like they do every year. Um, I think they might take this year off and just probably slide in as a wild card team and, you know, let the Padres take over as like that crazy, like good high record team. I just think that that puts a lot of rip, uh, wear and tear on you especially after doing it for like five straight seasons of just dominating a division sooner or later. Like, I mean, LeBron does it. You fall off, you drop down to like the seven seed, but as long as you make the playoffs, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think the, I think the fact is, is that they, neither of those two teams care which one's going to be in the wild card because they're going to win. And they're probably both going to see each other in the NLCS. Exactly. Like you're going to, I mean, they might see, I think 
is it how is it set up in the MLB? Because if the Padres have the best division in the league, and then the Dodgers went in as a uh, wild card team, wouldn't they play each other in the NLDS? No, because there's two wild cards. Possibly, the, we'll get back to you on that. We yeah, need our, we need a, we need our stats guy on that one. Yeah, that's a that looks a little bad. I've, I the the what's it called? Uh, the MLB playoffs has switched so much over the last like five years, though. Like that's kind of not my fault. I'm a little high right now. Like I, I don't gotta. I'm a little messed up on that. Uh, moving on, uh, we don't know much about the NHL. Just gonna give quick finals predictions. I mean, it's pretty chalk. I've watched a little bit of the playoffs. I've watched all the Blues games. The Avalanche look like the most dominant team in the Western Conference. So I do think the Avalanche are gonna probably make it to the Stanley Cup. Actually, I'm gonna say that they're gonna win the Stanley Cup. And they're going to be playing Tampa. Tampa's just not fair. I mean, like, they're $15 million over the cap, bringing back Stamkos and shit. Like, I mean, they they just murdered a team in Florida that looked really good all regular season. And I thought the Panthers would actually make a little noise and maybe stretch that to seven. But they've just dominated them in, I mean, almost every game. I mean, Florida scratched out one, but that series probably going to end 4-1 if I had to guess. Yep. Well, see, since I don't know much about hockey, I'm just going to be a value hunter here. I'm going to take the Golden Knights. At plus five fifty, you know, just a little sprinkle there. See I mean, if, they've made it, get it. They've made it like two times, and they made it to Western Conference like three times. So yeah, that's a good since, pick to take since the expansion. Yeah. That, that's pretty crazy to me that you can be an expansion team and already have this much success. Yeah, I mean, they've been a top team in the Western Conference every year since they've been in the league. And then my other pick is the uh, Canes at plus seven fifty. I know that they're, they're going to have to play the Lightning next round, which is going to be difficult, but you know, value. Yeah, got to love the value. Yeah, the Hurricanes, they look good, but I think Tampa, they're just going to be a little bit too much. I think they're going to end up just kind of walking over them. They're so talented. It's fucking ridiculous. Yep, unless that one time two years ago when I took them first game of the playoffs, minus 300. Oh, two years ago when they got swept? by They they were up 3-0 going into the third period. They lost (laughs) 4-3. Yeah, that was the year they got swept by Columbus as a fucking one seed. Um, Moving on. NBA, uh, you know, the Suns game is actually happening right now. Uh, we're going to start with that series. I do like the Suns if Chris Paul can play anymore. He did just get hurt. Um, if not, I think it's going to be the Lakers in six. But I really do like the Suns to make a pretty deep run in the playoffs if he can stay healthy. If Chris Paul is out, I think it's Lakers in five. Um, if Chris Paul's in, I think it goes to seven. I think the Lakers win in seven. I think it's going to be a really tough series, though. Devin Booker's legit. I think he's been waiting for this. Um, AD is kind of the guy that I look at. He's the X factor. I don't know if in a seven-game series, if he's fully healthy, the Suns can match up with him every single game. Yeah, I just think sooner or later, I think that the injuries for the Lakers will also catch up. They always have nagging injuries, and I think it's going to happen here pretty shortly. If not this series, it's going to happen just in this playoffs in general. Well, also their top three players have all been out at different points of the year. They've barely, I think they played 28 games together, the three of them. Yeah, I could see that end up becoming a problem for them this year. Um, but let's move on. Jazz, uh, Grizzlies. I think that's a pretty easy one. We both probably take in the Jazz. Grizzlies might be able to scratch out one. They're kind of some dogs. John Morant looks like a big time dog, but it's just not their time yet. I think that the Jazz are going to win that series pretty handily. Like they usually do one seeds. The NBA is so unexciting with one seeds. Yeah, I think the Jazz have that in four. They might give up a game. I don't think they will, though. No, yeah, I, I would say sweep, but 4-1 at most is my prediction. Uh, moving on, Mavericks and uh, Clippers. I have the Mavs in seven. 
Yeah, see, I have the Mavericks as well. I think they're going to win in seven. And it's really funny to me that the Clippers like purposely seemed like they lost to not have to play the Lakers just to get beat by the Mavs. Yep, I think the best player in that series is Luka. So I think that's going to be um, an interesting thing to watch because they're going to throw different defenders at him all game long. And I think the same thing is going to be true. He's His game fits the playoffs and it fits the half court. He's really good at finding the open player. And he's, he's tall enough he finishes around anybody. I mean, they tried to put Patrick Beverly on him yesterday. Pretty sure he told him he's too fucking small. Yeah, I love Luca. Me and Ashley were actually sitting here last night trying to do our top 10. I think he ended up fitting in right at 10, right behind Dame. It was a big argument on who we liked more. I per- I personally like Luca more than Dame, but it was voted on over that Dame was number 9 and Luca was 10. Yeah. But he's ridiculous. He's so much fun to watch, too. Yeah, I think I think he's like the third tier star right now. I think you have like your first tier, your second tier. I think he's like on that third tier, but about to be in the second. I see. I, I think second tier. I think he's a second tier star already. I mean, I think you got the like the James Hardens and the Lebrons and the Giannis's and like the eighties and that and that situation. And then I think like you got AD and all right, AD's in like that in between the first yeah. and second tier. He's like a one and a half. That's where I, I have him more at like two and a half. But I think he's on his way up. I think he, this series is big for him. I, last year they kind of. You know, same same series, Clippers, Mavs, and the Clippers kind of bullied him. I think he's been thinking about that all year too. So I, like you said, I don't really know why they tried to run away from the Lakers when I don't think they actually match up with the Mavs that well. Yeah, I mean they did they lose to them last year too? No, they barely squeaked by they, the one in the series four two. Yeah, and they and they got after Luca pretty good. Yeah. Um. The next the last series in the uh, West, we're going Nuggets and uh, Blazers. I love the Nuggets. I'm like the biggest Michael Porter Jr. supporter. I think he's going to be fucking unreal in the NBA. People are just constantly doubting him. I So many people say he's not going to be that great. But um, I think the Nuggets, they're already down 1-0 in the series, but I'm still going to take them in six. I think that they're going to kind of come back. I don't think that they have anyone that can mark MPJ. I know that no one can really mark Dame, but you know I can see him going cold for a couple, couple games. He does it every once in a while, and... I think that the Nuggets just they got more talent around. I I, I wish this series was with Jamal Murray. If it was with and Jamal Murray, it would be a fucking four one. I I had the Blazers in six. I think and I think it's pretty cut forward. The Blazers are better. I mean, they played last night. Norman Powell is a great like a great piece. They, I mean, nobody can stop Dame. You gonna put Composo on him? Is that is that your game plan? Yeah, I mean, they should just put. I don't know. I that's, mean, that's a, you that's don't a really have piece anybody. Every night. Um, I mean, I know MPJ's not a great defender, but maybe try and put his ass on him just because he's so fucking lengthy. Just be like, yo, you can drive past, and you're just not shooting these deep threes over people. The problem is and then you still have Nurkic who can guard Jokic. And, yeah. And you have... Um, but Jokic can kind of fuck up Nurkic a little bit. I mean, he, he yeah. didn't do as well last night like as he possibly can, but I mean, he still played pretty fucking good last night. Yep. And then you also have Robert Covington, who's a great defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, him, Carmelo Anthony off the bench, you know, gl- superstar. Hall of Famer. I mean, it. they're really good. I, I like them in six. All right. Uh, second round. So we'll give our prediction. So obviously we got some conflicting ones. Um, if the Suns end up playing the Nuggets with Chris Paul, I like the, uh, I like the, the Suns. Suns. But if the Lakers win that division and they play the Nuggets, whoever plays the Nuggets, I like against the Nuggets. I think that the Nuggets lose in the second round to either team that they play. Now, if somehow the Suns beat the Lakers and they don't have Chris Paul, then maybe I could see taking the Nuggets, but that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, for for me, it's pretty cut, cut and dry for me. I think the Lakers will beat the Blazers. I think the Jazz will beat the Mavs. And I think the Lakers will beat the Jazz. Yeah, I in the, a seven game series, I have the Jazz beating the Mavs, and then I have the Jazz beating either the Lakers or the Suns. 
whichever uh, one they play. I just think I think the Jazz just really have just a great all around team, unbelievable defense. I think they match up with the Lakers pretty decently. Um, I mean, Rudy Gobert can do some decent things against AD. Uh, no one can mark LeBron though, really, on that team. Yeah, but I mean, Joe Ingles is a great player. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson is a great player. Off the those two are coming they off just, the bench. Uh, yeah, for I him. think they're just more. They, they got a lot more depth. And by that point in the playoffs, you could see the Lakers still making it through, but at the same time being really roughed up and having some nagging injuries. You never know how bad LeBron's ankle might be by that point. I was just about to say that I'm not sure how in shape the Lakers are. Yeah. So like, if they have to play a tough series with the Suns, which I think they're going to have to do, then they're going to have to go play a tough series against the Blazers, and then you're going to have to see the Jazz. I think that's where you could see the fatigue start to show. Yeah. Uh, moving over to the Eastern Conference, um, the first round is pretty fucking straightforward. Uh, Philly. Who does Philly play in the first round? The Philly Philly plays the Wizards. Philly plays the Wizards. I mean, that's a pretty simple one. They want they already are up one zero. Um, they're going to win that series and five i would guess i think russ and bradley beal could probably squeak out one just out of pure offense yeah but nothing after that yep that one that one eight game is always i think either way it's always a four or five game series yeah i mean you might see a six every once in a while but it almost never does uh update suns are up 11 with 39 seconds left in the third and chris paul enters the game he is back so so now my predictions are set in stone suns are winning against the Lakers in seven, and then they're beating the Nuggets in the second round, and then it's going to be a very close Jazz Suns Eastern Conference Final, and I'm looking forward to it. Is that the first Red Hot update? Yeah. During a podcast? Yeah, so that was a fucking update mid-podcast. Um, it is the Suns, baby. Love it. Next, Eastern Conference, Brooklyn versus uh, the Celtics. Also, Brooklyn already up 1-0. I think they're going to probably win that series in five, just like I said with uh, Philly. I think Brooklyn might or the Celtics might be able to squeak out one, but nothing more. Maybe, maybe. I think maybe. it's going to be a sweep. And I feel bad for Jason Tatum. He needs to request a trade after this year. <laughs> that <laughs> that's. I mean, I guess I, I, where do you where do you trade him to then? In anywhere out of there, you think so? That is just one of the worst situations I've seen a player in. It's just like I mean, they had such promise a couple years ago, and now they're kind of seem like they're just not going to be able to take that like that next step at with the with the team that they have. I would say. I'd rather see them trade like Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker and get back pieces. I think they're not going to trade Jason Tatum. No, they're not going to trade Jason Tatum, but I think he should request it just to, yeah. let, just to let him know that he's unhappy. Because if you watched any part of that game last night, he was the only one who could create anything offensively in the yeah. half court. Yeah, I mean, Kemba Walker was just a terrible signing. I mean, Kyrie might be a shithead, but they definitely probably wish they still had Kyrie on well, their team right Kimba now. Kemba Walker's probably 5'10", legitimately. Yeah, I mean, he's just such a defensive liability. It's not even funny. But probably behind Isaiah Thomas is like the second worst, I would have to imagine. Uh, moving on, Milwaukee and Miami. Miami. What do you think? I, I like the Bucks in six. I, I think last night, or yeah, yesterday was a tough game because I think Jimmy Butler went four for 18. Um, I'm pretty sure that Bam Adebayo went two for 15, and Tyler Hero went two for 10, um, and they still only lost by two, so that should show promise. But if you're that close and your best players are playing bad, you should win that game. Or you yeah. should, like You need to pick that game up, mm -hmm. and they didn't. So I'm worried about them. And I think these two teams match up so well against each other that it's going to go six or seven, and they're going to be every game's going to be close. So like if you get points, if you get like a heat plus six, I would jump all over that. I don't know if they'll win, but I think either way, if you get more than five points, you should take that in any game this series. Yeah, I I agree. I I like um I like Milwaukee in seven. 
I think that the Heat cause a lot of problems for them. I just think they match up extremely well against each other. But I think that Milwaukee's just fucking done fucking up in the playoffs. And like this year, they might cause some problems. I have a massive Brooklyn Nets future, and I'm a little bit afraid of Milwaukee in the second round. Which I'll say something here that's a little bit of a red hot take. Mm -hmm. The best player in the clutch time this series will be Chris Middleton. I mean, he made that shot yesterday, didn't he? He did. Yeah. I, I think there's more of that. I think the Bucks yeah. are starting to realize that for the first 46 minutes, it's got to be Giannis. And then the last two. The last two have got to be Chris. Middleton. Yeah. I mean, if Giannis can get it and take it to the pain in the last second, yeah. But they're going to have all the attention on Giannis. So give it to the one-on-one -on -one with your best shooter. I, yep. I like that. Um, last series, Hawks, Knicks. Um, I'm taking the Knicks in six. I, I think that Julius Randle is a fucking dog. And I, I love watching that man play basketball. And the Knicks are just awesome. Tom Thibodeau made a great team out of that in just one season. Or has he been there one year or two now? One year. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I just, I really like watching the Knicks. They're one of my favorite teams in the league to actually watch. I, I don't watch much NBA, but if when I do, it's usually them. They're, they're fun to watch. I, I like the resurrection of D Rose. I think that that's it, awesome. probably yeah. my, fa my favorite part of that team. Um, you know, RJ Barrett, somebody I thought was a bust for the longest time, is starting to actually play well. Um, they're just a fun team to watch. They play really hard. Yeah, I, there's just a lot of young guys and just a whole bunch of grinders that are just yeah. out there playing their asses off. Julius Randle plays so fucking hard. I love. Well, and and that's why I think the Knicks will win this series is because I think they play harder and they're yeah. tougher. I think the Hawks are a little bit of like a they want to be kind of like a Showtime team and they're not. They're not good enough yet to be a Showtime team. Yeah. Um. So the second round, uh, Philly will play the, the Knicks. Knicks. Who you got? I like the Philly in seven, but I really want to take the Knicks in seven. It's the fucking Knicks in seven, baby. The New York Knicks are going back to the Eastern Conference final this year. I mean, it just feels right to have like this dog of a team be like the first team to make it back to the Eastern Conference finals in so long for them. Yeah, it's a tough one for me. I, I really want to take them. And if I get to that point and they're there and it's like plus like 300, you may see me driving to Illinois. Yeah. And like. You know, I think Philly's a good basketball team, but they just don't ever show me like this team cannot. I mean, like I think anyone can beat Philly. Like, and if like Brooklyn was facing Philly or Milwaukee's facing Philly, like I'm probably taking all those teams over Philly, even though Philly's the one seed. Just because like when come down to the playoffs, when you're able to be a little bit more aggressive and you can hack a little bit harder, like it just makes it a little bit tougher on a team that doesn't shoot the ball nearly as well as other teams. Yeah, and I think they address the shooting issue a little bit with Seth Curry, yeah. but. I mean, there's still issues that you can't fix. Like, Ben Simmons cannot shoot the ball. Yeah. Period. So, like, when this game gets in the half court, you have basically two guys that can't shoot beyond the three-point line. Yeah. I mean, Joel Embiid can hit one, but he's not going to hit you, like, five. No, and he's not taking more than, like, four games. So, not. he's not spacing the floor for yeah. you. So, I, I think they're I think they're a team that could be bounced quick. And if they go down, like, 1-0 or 2-0 in that series, the, t the talk and, like, all the pressure from Philly – in general, I think might be a big issue for him. I think that can cause some problems for him. We, we really need that series. Yeah. I think that might be the only like series I watch every single game. The the from, like start to finish. see like the Philly Knicks series I will love, but when Brooklyn beats Milwaukee in the second round and we have a all New York Eastern Conference final, that's what I'm looking forward to. I got Brooklyn beat Milwaukee probably in seven as well. I'm really like I said, I'm really afraid of Milwaukee. I think that they play very good defense and they play really hard. They got like Giannis can mark KD. You got uh, Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, can Kyrie. Can, yeah, Drew Holiday can guard Kyrie. PJ Tucker can guard James Harden. Chris, uh, Chris Middleton can guard PJ. Uh, can guard 
James Harden as well. Yeah. Um, so like, I just think it's going to be like, they're going to be playing really scrappy basketball compared to, you know, the uh, Nets playing. They're just, we have the best scores in the world basketball. Those teams also, I just, I kind of like the Bucks in like seven, but again, I'm going to take the Nets just because I know it's the right pick. Nets in seven is what I'm going to take. I, I, Katie's, if he's not one A right now, he's one B. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to disrespect with LeBron like that, but he's up there too. Like if they're playing one on one, I'm not sure who's winning. No, Katie's beating his ass right now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then for the for the finals, going to the finals, I, I got the Nets. Um, if they play the Knicks, uh, yeah. If they play the Sixers as well, I, I don't think it really matters since the Nets will take care of that series actually faster than others because if they get to that point, I think they're going to hit their stride. Yeah, I playing together. I think if they play the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Finals, it's five or six. Like I think they're really going to hit their stride, and like the Knicks don't match up like defensively as well. And I think that the scoring will probably just become outrageous on the court. Well, and that that's part of like I think the Nets. The only way you're going to get the Nets is in the first or second round. If you get to the third or fourth, you're in trouble. Yeah, and so my final, um, I have the Jazz versus Brooklyn. So I think. You know, Brooklyn probably in seven. You, what do you think? I think, well, first off, what would be your uh, finals then? I forget. Who did you have in the West? The Lakers. The Lakers versus the Nets the then? The Nets, yep. So you got Lakers, Nets. Who do you got winning the final? I, I think LeBron's building this narrative that he didn't need a whole year and that he can go from the seventh and take three straight series away from home court advantage and then also win in the finals. I think he's building this, this narrative because he – I don't think he's going to get to six, so he needs to make sure his last NBA Finals ring looks like the hardest road possible, and I think that's what he's trying to kind of do, and I'm kind of sold on this is the year he might do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, like we said, though, I'm a little bit afraid if they're a little beaten up, but I mean, also Kyrie and KD are also known to have some injury issues here and there, so they could also be beaten up by that time. But I just think that that offense will probably just fucking go nuts. Um, if it goes with the Jazz, I like the Jazz over the Nets as well. I don't think the Nets are going to win this year. I do believe that the Nets are winning it this year. I will be taking the Nets. I think they're going to win it in seven against the Jazz. Um, it's just that offensive fucking power, man. I know that their defense is a massive question mark. But when it comes playoff times, the boys start to play harder. They play a little better defense. They don't play as bad, nearly as bad as they do in the regular season. And I think that their offense is just going to be unstoppable, especially if they get if they get it to like the third round and they're starting to really cook. Watch out. Well, the the problem with the NBA, and this is why people have issues with the NBA, I think, is that these vets kind of know when they need to turn it on. All those guys can guard. All those guys can play defense. Yeah, they like, they just have to choose to. Yeah, like James Harden's a good defender when he chooses to be a good defender during the regular season when he's fucking like stuffing his face at two o'clock in the morning before he goes and plays the next night. Like he gets on the court, a stripper's ass or two. Yeah, like he's getting on the court. He doesn't give a shit about playing defense. He's gonna go get his thirty points against the Charlotte Hornets, let up thirty points on the other side, and still win by fifteen. Like they don't care. Yep, exactly. And that's kind of where I think if if they do get deeper in, it's gonna, those games are gonna be really close and more low scoring than what we think i also think that like the nba i know they want to keep players healthy and stuff but i think they should allow the nba to be more physical again especially in the playoffs like you like it brings in more people when like there's not as i feel like so much scoring like they wanted to bring scoring up and i think it's kind of gotten out of hand i think there's like too much scoring now i think allowing people to really fucking bump and run on people would be a lot more exciting like seeing a dude get fucking just 
tossed on the ground going up for a tough layup would be electric. That's the type of stuff I like to see on the basketball court. Are you trying to play hockey or basketball? Dude, like I just I just think it's just not nearly as fun to watch. It's so just like up and down. There's no it, I don't know. I just it doesn't excite me nearly as much, especially like for a playoff sport. Like hockey will draw me in to watch a playoff hockey game just because of like the intensity of a playoff hockey game. Basketball doesn't give you that feel until there's like 3 minutes left in the game. Yeah, or de- or it's deeper in the uh, playoffs. I, yeah. think, I think this first round, everybody kind of yeah. likes that they can take off play still and all that. Like, I, if you're watching the NHL right now, like, first round, there's been a fight in every single series. Like, those dudes fucking hate each other. They want to beat the shit out of each other. In basketball, it, it just does not bring that near of intensity that, like, I think it would help if they had it. That's why the Mavs-Clippers my, is my favorite series right now, yeah. because there is that intensity. There is that. That's what I'm saying. Whenever you have that, and, like, if Brooklyn and New York somehow face off against each other, there will be that type of intensity. It just like it rarely happens, and I think it would be good if it happened a little bit more often for them. Yep. All right. Should we move to the uh, NFL draft? Yeah, NFL draft. So it's been a long time since we've been on here, probably almost a month because the draft was literally like a fucking month ago. Um, I love the NFL draft. I think there was a lot of good things done. I'm a massive Patriots fan. I love what the Patriots did, but let's just start from the top. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, obvious. A-plus pick. I mean, A-plus pick. You can't go wrong with taking him. Now, on the exact opposite side, Zach Wilson. Um, I don't fucking like him at all. I just think, like, I would have taken Justin Fields over Zach Wilson every day of the week, I think. Zach Wilson might have a higher ceiling, but Patrick Mahomes, like, people forget that Patrick Mahomes was just put inside the most, like, perfect situation of all time, was able to sit behind a good NFL quarterback, was able to learn from like one of the best offensive minds in the NFL and then had so many amazing pieces once he started football. Zach Wilson's just about to be thrown to the fucking wolves just like Sam Darnold was. Yep. And it's going to turn out just like Sam Darnold did where he's just getting his fucking ass beat and people are pissed off at him. Well, it, it's a shame, honestly. I feel I feel bad for him, but I mean, I, I first off, I hate the comparison with Patrick Mahomes. There's one Patrick Mahomes, just like there's one Lamar Jackson. Yeah. There's not multiple of them if there was the whole league would have those players exactly so for them to say that oh he's a Patrick Mahomes comp it bothers me and it's all from that one fucking throw in practice like if you watch it's literally from one or two throws and you're like okay well they don't have a Tyreek Hill they don't have a Travis Kelsey who's going to be able to create the separation that you need to still make that throw yeah Um, so that pick for me I, I feel bad for him but I would have taken Mac Jones Trey Lance and Justin Fields before I took him. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean Trey Lance the next pick. I don't know how great I feel about Trey Lance, but I, you know, whenever Kyle Shanahan takes somebody, I'm gonna trust him fully, and he can make almost any quarterback work. I mean, that dude does have a great arm, kind of like Carson Wentz. But I mean, whenever you play, people don't talk about it enough. North Dakota State, like they're the best Division two team in the country. Like they got to be getting the best Division two recruits. Like they're the Alabama Divi- Division two, Divi- Division one, double A, whatever. Sorry, Division one, double A, same fucking shit. Don't be disrespecting them. All right, what, <laughs> whatever. So Division one, double A, but like they get the best players for that division, whatever you want to call it. And like I just feel like no one talks about the fact that like they had the best players on the field, just like like Alabama players type do. So like when he looks really good, like no shit, he's surrounded by the best players. Yep, I, I think with him, he's gonna get to sit behind Jimmy G for at least. Two or three games till Jimmy G gets hurt. I was about to say, I mean, Jimmy G and like the more and more it's talked about, there's Jimmy G trade rumors to Denver and stuff like people. It seems like they're trying to get Jimmy G out of there a little bit faster. And I think that's actually worse for Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance sitting all year this year behind Jimmy G would be great. 
Um, I don't think he'll do bad if he starts this year to say. Like, I think he'll, yeah. that the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan are good enough and smart enough that they'll probably still make the playoffs with him as a rookie quarterback if he played. But I think it would be very helpful for him if he could learn for a year because he's so far back, I feel like, on learning an NFL playbook. He had a very simple style. Like I just think ha- having him on call this year and learning and then if something were to happen, he would be ready to play. I think that's the best route to go. Are they going to go that way? We don't know. Yeah, no, probably not. Uh, fourth overall pick, Kyle Pitts. Um, probably the most sure pick of the draft behind maybe Trevor Lawrence, if you want to guarantee that. But I think even Kyle Pitts is more of a guaranteed success in the NFL than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you've seen top quarterbacks, extremely highly rated quarterbacks end up busting. Um, I mean, Kyle Pitts is just a fucking freak of nature. With that being said, though, I do think that the Falcons probably should have traded out of that pick. I mean, they're trading Julio, it sounds like. It seems like they're going to be doing a rebuild here pretty soon. Probably going to be getting rid of Matt Ryan. Um, I think you could have traded that pick out to someone that wanted Justin Fields really bad, would have gotten a great compensation, probably would have gotten um, a good first-round draft pick next year. Plus, you're probably not going to be very good this year, so you're going to be right back in that situation next year where you're a top-five pick again, and you're going to have the other team's picks. Um, I mean, Kyle Pitts, he'll be good for the Falcons, but I just think they could have. Where they're at as a team, he's not the answer to their problems. No, he's not the answer to their problems. But if you can get to that you know, sweet spot, 24 points a game, which I think he gives you an opportunity to do, him, if they keep Julio, and then Ridley on the other side, I think that gives them three legitimate. And I don't know very many secondaries that are going to be able to match up with those three. So that's an interesting part about that. But you know, they need to work on both sides of the line first. Yeah, and I mean, they did look. Um, a lot better at the end of the year last year after they fired what's his face and they had the, uh, Dan Quinn yeah and they had uh, the who was their interim head coach back to the stats guy yeah that whatever anyways not important they did start to play a lot better after they fired Dan Quinn and I do think that the defense will probably play a little better this year and if they do play better like you said and they do keep Julio but they have such cap, cap space problems that I don't think it's possible for them to keep Julio Jones they can't even sign their well, rookie draft picks right now like they can't sign Kyle Pitts without trading Julio they're also they're also in a different um kind of a weaker division I think this year no, I think the Bucks no. the Bucks are good the Saints are going to be down I, I'm a full believer with Drew Brees gone they're going to be down I think the Saints are going to be better yeah. than they were last year with with Drew Brees um I, I mean I don't care who you put in there Drew Brees like he's a great guy was a great quarterback but like you can look at last year and say that he was I mean, there there are plenty of quarterbacks that could have done what he did for that team. Wasn't throwing the ball more than five yards downfield. He looked like fucking Sam Bradford. Yeah, they're gonna regret uh, moving on from Teddy Bridgewater. I think. I think. Te- well, I I don't know. I'm a big I'm a big Jameis guy. I think Jameis is actually gonna turn it around here. Oh yeah, you I, like stealing the crab. I, <laughs> I think he's going to um, probably limit the turnovers. They're gonna give him a good running game with Alvin Kamara and shit, and not make him force the ball downfield nearly as often as he used to. I mean, in Bruce Arians, you I mean you saw with Tom. Tom really struggled this year at the beginning of the year throwing interceptions. So when you put a guy that struggles throwing interceptions in a Bruce Arians style offense, it does not work well. When you put a guy that struggles throwing interceptions in a Sean Payton's very like conservative, but then go deep at the right time type of offense, I think it's gonna do really good for him this year. And I actually think he's going to be like a top ten quarterback this year. He's got a lot of talent, just has the fucking throwing, just some decision making issues. But I think the uh, road to backup quarterback probably really made him notice some shit and figure it out. Yeah. So let's move on to Jamar Chase at five. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that one? I think we feel the same way. 
I think they did it to make Joe Burrow happy. I think he was in the um, room. I think he had conversations with some of their front office people and was like, "If you guys can get him, one hundred percent, I would love to. I would love to play with him again." Um, I don't. I really don't know why because you can't throw a touchdown when you're on your backside. Yeah, and they struggled with their line last year, and they're going to struggle again this year. And I don't think it really matters if you have a good wide receiver who. Is probably just a really good buddy of his. My yeah, he's. I mean, yeah, I get it. You want to make your future quarterback happy, but if he gets hurt again this year and has a busted shoulder or something and is never the same because some dude comes off the left end and fucks him up, then you're gonna look like a real idiot and you're just gonna have an angry wide receiver that's not catching any balls because they got a shitty quarterback. When they could have taken Penny Sewell and had an unreal twelve year, fifteen year left tackle guaranteed just sign him up boom put him in the spot he's there until you either trade him or don't sign him back or something and then in the second round you still draft you could have drafted terrence marshall jr still get him an lsu wide receiver that he was still probably pretty good friends with and give him that continuity that he already had while also protecting his ass because like yeah he wants jamar chase but like you gotta sit him down and be like i get you want jamar chase how about we get you Terrence Marshall Jr. and we get you an offensive tackle that's going to help you for the next 15 years. Agreed. Um, moving on, I mean, I love the Jalen Waddle pick at six. Um, he has an extra burst of speed like few other people have. He has that Tyreek burst of speed. You saw it. He caught one pass against Ohio State in the uh, championship game this year and fucking bolted straight across the line, burnt everybody, and then obviously – uh, hobbled off with the fucking ankle injury again but whenever he's fully healthy he is so much fun to watch yeah and at six it just seems like another continuity between quarterback playing wanting a wide receiver from where he went to school um Jawaddle went to Alabama yeah Tua went to Alabama so I, I think there again they just want the continuity of a wide receiver and quarterback and I think they're in a much better position to take a wide receiver like that like they have a pretty decent offensive line set in stone like they don't need that spot nearly as much um like they, I said, they took care of business last draft. Yeah, with that exactly. Like I like, I just, I really like what the Dolphins are doing. I love Brian Flores, former Patriot coach. Obviously, I, I think he's gonna be great down there, and he's probably gonna be down there for a long time. Uh, moving on, Devontae Smith at ten, fucking heartbreaker, Giants. You're like, I'm sorry. I know that the fucking, I mean, Cowboys. You're just a whole bunch of assholes for trading the Eagles that pick. I had Devontae Smith over ten and a half in the draft. Um, so that was a heartbreaker thought whenever it got to the 10th pick, I was completely fine. I knew that the Cowboys weren't going to be taking a wide receiver and I knew that the Giants were going to take him at 11, which would have worked perfect. And then obviously you saw the trade and they would just, the the Cowboys took every chance they could to fuck the Giants right in the ass. I mean, it's just simple. It's just simple as that. Like they don't like the Eagles, but they both hate the Giants more than they hate each other. I just. For me, I just get it because last year I took two or three of those like over like the, that number, like that 9, 10, 11 range. Yeah. It's just so unpredictable. You exactly. don't know what's going to happen. And it's just like you might take it and you might get lucky, but then you get fucked. Yeah. Um, that's really all I got to say about Devontae Smith. I mean, he's going to be good. Everyone hates on his size. He's an unbelievable route runner. And I mean, he's really fast. Um, I mean, he might have some injury issues at some point, but the way the NFL is now, they're limited in hits. They don't crack you in the center of the field, so you're not going to get fucked up. Tyreek Hill has played in the league now for five years. I mean, he's just as small as him, so I like him, and he'll he'll beef up a little bit. He'll get a little muscle on him. All right, well, let's talk about our friends to the north. Yeah. Um, the Chi-Town Bears. The Chi-Town Bears. Um, 
This is probably the most energetic thing that's shocked the Bears since the Cleo Mack trade, if I had to guess. I think that they probably got the second best quarterback in the draft. Like we said, I love Justin Fields. Um, obviously, I mean, he's just he's really good. There's not much else I can say about him. I mean, I became a Justin Fields fan when he cracked his ribs and still played um, in the semifinals in the championship. Yeah, game I mean, he's here. He's accurate with the ball. He looks like he fucking works his ass off. Like you said, he played to the injury. That shows like a level of commitment. Um, he just is kind of everything that whenever they drafted Mitch Trubisky, you were he was worried. About. Yeah, I mean, he has the experience in college. He has the shown accuracy. He has the leadership. It looks like he already like came into the locker room, apparently recording reports, like acted like a leader to everybody. Um, just like like I said, everything that Mitch was not. So I'm happy for the Bears. I'm excited to watch them be good again. I'd like to see them kind of take over the NFC North. Hopefully, once our boy Aaron Rodgers, we'll talk about that real fast. Let's just interject that in since we're talking about the Bears. Aaron Schefter. Aaron Rodgers. Um, hope 99% probably staying, but I I really hope he leaves. It would be fucking awesome to see him leave. Uh, if I'm him, I want to leave. The The Packers can't draft in the, in the slightest. No, I mean... And then they keep disrespecting him with, with what they're doing, too. Yeah, and they... They won't accept. He's trying to back in his contract. Brady Brady's contract in Tampa is so like Tampa in like three years is about to be so fucked. They're gonna have to like get rid of everybody. They're not gonna be able to sign anyone for like two years because the way that they have their contracts set up, like their contracts are worth like twenty five million dollars a year, but it's all pushed off to not be paid in the cap until like three years from now. And Aaron Rodgers is trying to get the Green Bay Packers to do that. So he's like, hey, take my money. I don't need as much right now. Push it to the end when I'm already out of here and it won't matter. You guys can just pay me and that way we can make a run to the Super Bowl. We'll shrink the crap, uh, shrink the cap room right now. And they're just saying, fuck that. We do it a certain way. We will not do that. They don't do that with any players. And like, I mean, that just, it kills your chances. Every it's good a- team in the NFL, the Saints, the Bucks, the Rams, all those teams right now, that's how they're finessing their contracts to have such good players on their team. They just back in the fuck out of them. They say, we're going to worry about this cap issue when we are not a top team. And like the, the Packers just refuse to do that with Aaron Rodgers. It's so stupid. If they fucking did it and took off $15 million worth of cap, they would be in the Super Bowl next year and the year after that. That's how good he is. I just like they're so dumb and it's so fucking funny to me. Like I love watching the Packers consistently year over year. Like you say, Bears fans struggle. Imagine just being on the precipice of being good, like being or like winning the Super Bowl and just never getting there because your general manager sucks and they just won't fire him. It well, it just it's a level of respect I think for what Aaron Rodgers has done for them. Just like kind of how they disrespected Brett Favre and now they're kind of disrespecting him. And it's just kind of like it's an over and over and over of disrespect. And I don't know how you're going to start signing free agents out of this. No one would. Like, how it. do you want to go to Green Bay, especially if Aaron leaves? Like you are like maybe Jordan Love, maybe Jordan Love's good again. But like the the odds of you hitting on three straight quarterbacks, very slim. If Aaron leaves and he's not fucking amazing, they're fucked. Like yeah. they're not getting anybody. Devontae Adams is going to want to leave. He already said he's going to have to rethink being in Green Bay if Aaron leaves. So like. You're just going to lose everybody, and then no one's going to come there. And, like, Green Bay has the football allure of, like, the past, but fuck that. No one wants to go live in 20-degree Wisconsin. No, it's at 20 degrees is when it's warm. Yeah. So, like, but anyways, back to the draft. I just – I really had to get that off. That was a little bit of a rant. Um, the 15th overall pick, my boys, the New England Patriots. We got ourselves the future quarterback for the team. Um, I hate Cam Newton. Um, he sucks. His shoulder's shot. I mean – I, I just feel bad for him. It's not like his fault. His injuries have just caused him to like kind of fall apart. But 
Mac Jones is getting so much hate for people saying like he had the best wide receivers in college and like he had two top first round draft picks. Fucking Joe Burrow had three first round draft picks. He had Jamar Chase. He had Justin Jefferson and he had um, what's his face or I guess not three, but he had Terrence Marshall who got drafted in the second round this year. So, I mean, and he had Najee Harris or not Najee Harris, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So like Joe Burrow's offense in college was just as good as Mac Jones, if not better. So if you want to sit there and say that Mac Jones is only making all those throws because of his offensive players, then you got to say the same thing about Joe Burrow. And if Nick Saban tells Bill Belichick that he thinks that uh, Mac Jones is a good enough quarterback for him to draft, he's not fucking lying to him. And if uh, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban say it's okay, I have so much belief in Mac Jones. I think he is going to, by the time it's all said and done, I think it's going to go Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones are tied for like, two right there and then zach wilson's like fucking deep down in the dumpster and behind kyle trask and trey lance is probably yeah 100 i think i think there is a very good chance that you could see kyle trask becoming a better quarterback at some point obviously not in the next two to three years because he'd be behind brady but i think i think he'll become very good once brady leaves i mean kyle trask he's got the full body all he needs is just to learn it he's got the accuracy he just needs to learn to be a little bit smarter, and I think there's not anyone you can be behind better than Tom Brady. Yep. I'm really excited to see where Mac Jones goes with this because he's obviously with a great coach and Bill Belichick, and uh, McDaniel's a great offensive coordinator, so I think that'll be interesting um, to see how he does with that. But um, it'll be interesting, especially in the East, because I think, the, I think the, the East is getting very good. The Dolphins are on the rise. The Bills are on the rise. Yep. Or the Bills have already arrived. I mean, the 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 East, uh, it's always been a laughing stock. The AFC East. The AFC East has a chance in the next, like, five years to become, like, the best division in the league, probably. I mean, you... It'll definitely be one of the highest, like, most competitive. I mean, yeah. That AFC West with the <clears throat> Chargers and the Chiefs as well also is going to be extremely competitive. And you got the Raiders. They'll probably become pretty competitive here pretty soon, I would imagine. Um, although... The Raiders did do their Raiders things, drafting the 60th overall player um, at number 17 in Alex Leatherwood, the tackle from Alabama. I mean, you can never go wrong with the Alabama tackle, but it sounds like from what people were saying, they could have traded up and drafted him early in the second round or traded back to the very end of the first round and drafted him. So, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. They consistently do this where they draft people like 50 spots over where they were supposed to be drafted and no one else was going to touch them. They did it last year. I'm pretty sure they did it two years ago, too. It's kind of crazy. They they just seem to shock everyone in the draft. It's like, oh, you think we're going to take this? No, we're just going to go the complete other way. Do you think it's because John Gruden had that show for forever and he like thinks he's a master master scouter? Because I think he thinks he's like some Zen master, like just I taking mean, these risks. Yeah, I think I, I do think that a little bit. I think he thinks he's like by far the smartest football guy in the room. And when there's a lot of other guys that are like, hey, John, we know what the fuck we're talking about. But he's I like, mean, oh, he's, watch, watch this. He's made them. I mean, they, they've they kind of fallen apart their first his first two years. They've been unreal through the first half of the season and then they've fallen apart both times. But I mean, they show signs of being fucking really good if they can just stay a little bit more consistent. And then the last pick of the draft that I want to talk about. Uh, the Ravens, I think they had a fucking unreal pick with Rashad Bateman. Uh, he's the six-foot wide receiver out of Minnesota. Unbelievable route runner. And they just they really need a wide receiver on that team. And I think he's going to be injected immediately into that offense. And he's going to help out a lot. Take a little pressure off uh, Hollywood Brown as well. I love that pick from the Ravens. I'm not a big Lamar guy. But I do think that they're a really good football team. 
they're a great football team. They need wide receivers. They need guys who yes. can separate, make catches. The, their best, like their best pass catcher right now is their tight end and Mark Andrews. Yeah, and I haven't. I mean, besides Gronk, I really haven't seen a team in the last ten years that their best pass catcher is a tight end. I mean, Travis Kelsey. That's about you, it. You can make an argument Tyreek Hill though. Still, yeah, Tyreek's the Tyreek's the electric fact. I mean, uh, they're I'm trying like, to build. The Ravens are doing a very pat like like Chief style offense. But without Patrick Mahomes, where they have like the Hollywood Brown, who's the, just the insane speed runner, and then now they have a good route runner, kind of like Sammy Watkins, and they have their dominant tight end, and they got a decent running game. Um, I just think if Lamar Lamar gets just any better at just being able to just consistently become a pocket quarterback, they'll be fucking unstoppable. And that, but in like four to five years, his legs are probably going to run out, so that might be an issue. He's got to learn how to become a pocket quarterback. Yeah, he he needs to learn when to use his talent and when to you know rein it back. And I know they're working with him on that. And I think this pick kind of shows that they're like, hey, you are going to start throwing the ball for us more. And earlier last season, he looked like a better passer. It was, yeah, it was later in the season when he well, kind it gets of cold, it gets windier. Passing just kind of becomes a little bit harder when it's September and it's seventy degrees and sunny. It's a lot easier to throw the football, but. And especially in the playoffs when you're allowed to start grabbing a lot more. I mean, that's a Bill Belichick specialty. Just fucking start grabbing the shit out of the wide receivers. They're not used to it. And, like, they just don't call it nearly as much. You're starting to make much tighter throws. It becomes a lot more difficult. and just kind of really separates who's a good pass thrower and who's, like, an elite pass thrower. And I think that's where Lamar's got to make his next step. If he becomes a somewhat elite pass thrower, they are going to be fucking unstoppable. I agree. That'll be that'll be an interesting thing to watch over this next year. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. So, I mean, that is by far our longest episode. We're hitting 50 minutes. I had a fucking great time, though, North. This was great to get back. We will be back Thursday. We're going to be talking a little Champions League final, probably talk a little bit about how the playoffs are looking in uh, hockey and in NBA. We'll get you two or three se- uh, week- se- weekend series prices yeah. that we like. Yeah, we'll get a couple MLB picks in. Uh, that should do it. Let's fucking wrap it.